Hey guys, this is Rich Bokini. This is the princess of pro wrestling, SoCal Val. Teddy Stigma, the world's worst role model. This is Holiday. This is Steve Young. E-F-F-Y-F-E. And you're listening to the only podcast that calls it right down the middle. The whole reppin' show. And now, the wrestling podcast that calls it right down the middle. The whole reppin' show. Welcome to the whole reppin' show. The only wrestling podcast that calls it right down the middle. You're here with us. You're here with Darren Beasley. And you're here with Perry Smith. And you're here for a good time. You're here for hashtag wrestle news and wrestle views. And boy, do we have them coming at you this week. You are here for a good time. You got our... Phone numbers off the men's room wall at some <laughs> truck stop, apparently. You did. When I hear that phrase, I'm here for a good time. Yeah. Uh, that's what I typically think of. But yes, we also have Wrestle News and Wrestle Reviews. Do we not, Darren? Hashtag 1-800-WrestleTalk. Oh. Here on episode 57 of The Whole Reffin Show, we've got a lot to talk about tonight. The Bullet Club firing back at WWE. Nia Jax is, is in our headlines again for, for doing nothing. Follow up. It's it's a follow up, but yeah. it's a it's a story that is it's unnecessary. It's Naya. <laughs> it's Naya making news for herself, right? And uh, gone into business for herself. Apparently, we'll get to that shortly. Jeff Jarrett, what have you done? Come on, buddy, you got to try a little bit harder. I think that uh, global force may not be making much more of an impact. Uh, if you uh, uh, smell what Jeff Jarrett is drinking. Uh, cooking. Cooking. And um, also, mumps. The mumps. Okay. Mumps are everywhere in world wrestling entertainment. Watch out. So, here on The Whole Reffin Show... We've got all these stories and more. We're going to take you to the results of TLC pay-per-view, Raw exclusive WWE pay-per-view, where Perry and I went head-to-head. Head-to-head. And let's see what happens when WWE uh, hits the randomizer, thanks to the mumps. And uh, so our picks are going to be a little wonky, because they, uh, they shifted things around on us a bit. But uh, it's going to be okay. And guess what else, dear listeners? We are one day away from the whole Reffin Show Live. Hashtag the whole Reffin Show Live at the Hippodrome in Gainesville, Florida on Saturday, October 28th. Live at the Fest 16. The day before Fest Wrestling's We Are Family. It's upon us. It's upon us, dear listeners. We can't wait to be upon the stage and see you right there in front of us. So please stick around as we talk a little bit more about that. But before we get into all that, I think the first thing we got to drop are headlines. 
the hashtag cease and desist young books uh, fired back somewhat at uh, Vince McMahon and the uh, evil corporation that is the WWE, uh, some would say, um, in, a, in, a, in the form of being asked by the creators of the WWE uh, video game franchise. Uh, they made 18, 17, 16, and probably other ones as well. I'm not going to keep counting backwards. Maybe 15. Maybe, potentially. Well, you don't know. The, the you know wrestling games, they, they trade off. But, anywho, so they were asked by the creators, uh, the motion capturers, uh, the Young Bucks were, to do some motion capturing for the upcoming WWE 2K19. So, 18 just came out. Wow, really? That's what it's for? Yeah, so it's for next year's. Uh, WWE game um, asked to do some motion capturing because they realized that a lot of fans make the Young Bucks. So they wanted to go ahead and get their moves and mannerisms into the game, uh, I guess, to entice people to, to make them or, or people who are going to make them be like extra happy, you know. And uh, so they, they approached the Young Bucks and said, hey, we'd like to do some motion cap for our, uh, our video game. And the Young Bucks said, no. Wonder if it would have been a yes if not for the latest cease and desist uh, order from uh, Vince McMahon from on down the mountain. Wow, yeah, that's uh, good for them. Yeah, good for them. Good for them. If Vince isn't going to play nice, because the, the Young Bucks doing that, it's never been to, to shove it in the face of WWE or Vince. It's never been to profit off of something that wasn't theirs. It's been a like a truly devoted homage from day one. I mean, that was old, uh, or not old, it was young guys who were fans of older wrestling that they watched and their heroes when they were growing up. That's all they're doing. Oh, yeah. I mean, God, how many nature boys have there been? You know, they all go back. So it all goes back to the very beginning. And... That's all. That's all. Two sweets all about. Absolutely. I mean, every every wrestler now had to be a fan of WWE, WWF at some point. Otherwise, why the fuck are they beating themselves up and getting their asses kicked every night? And yeah, never. So, so basically, I'm saying we learned it from watching you, Vince. <laughs> you know, you again. I've said before on the show, like Vince made us. You know, he made us think this way. He made us react to wrestling this way. Um, so if he doesn't like the way we're thinking and reacting, guess what? That's on him. It's yeah, you have your own, you have only yourself to blame, Vince McMahon. Absolutely. Even even your competition. If you go back to the to the early and mid '90s, everything Ted Turner was doing was what he had just watched Vince do the previous decade, and yet all of a sudden, when Vince was on the the receiving end of shrewd business tactics. Uh, all of a sudden, it wasn't so cool. Not it so wasn't cool. so innovative, mm-hmm. and uh, and Vince will always hate that. But I think that the fact that the Bullet Club has used Too Sweet and the Wolfpack hand sign all this time has been not a ripoff, not a slander, not anything negative at all. And so Vince chose to screw it up with the cease and desist. So good for them. So I don't know what 2K is going to do. I guess they're going to have to call Andy Circus and, <laughs> and say, hey, watch these young bucks. And he'll be People like, People make Gollum. Gorilla? No, 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 no. People make Gollum and King Kong all the time. So do, do some motion cap and uh, we'll get Benedict Cumberbatch in to do Smaug. Uh, put him put into our game. Uh, so there's that. I mean, uh, A lot of people create Smaug. A lot of people create Smaug. 
<laughs> say it, you gotta say it correctly. Smoog. Um, uh, it's <laughs> not like a very pretentious fart. <laughs> Smoog. Oh, man. Uh, that's how wet farts uh, sound. Anyway, uh, so yeah, still some bad blood between uh, New Japan and WWE. Uh, I guess ROH, I should say, uh, with the, the Young Bucks and, and Kenny Omega. Kenny Omega and, and Chris Jericho these days going at it on Twitter. Yeah, what's that all about? This Twitter war is going on. What's funny about it is uh, Kenny Omega and Jericho, they didn't start it. Uh, well, Jericho sort of started it. A fan, I think, tweeted to uh, Jericho and said, like, like, who's a better wrestler, like you or Kenny Omega? And uh, Jericho said something, like, pretty shitty, actually. Uh, <laughs> Jericho uh, basically just said, like, you know, Kenny Omega's not at his level at all and all that stuff. And Kenny Omega said something along the lines of, like, never meet your idols. They turned out to be, like, corporate stooges. Whoa, whoa. And by the way, like, if you had to choose between Chris Jericho and Kenny Omega, I mean, the fact that they're both Canadian and wrestlers, like, the similarities kind of in there to me. And they're just two completely different kinds oh, of wrestlers. Oh, for sure. But, I mean, if you want to do, like, catchphrases and, and like, entertaining to watch, uh, I'd go with Jericho. Entertaining to watch wrestle? Fucking Omega. But Kenny Omega. Okay, yes. And what you've said just just now, both completely and totally valid points. That's one argument in and of itself. Valid, go forth, and, and prosper with that argument. Not to mention the fact that this is truly apples and oranges. I'm not satisfied with saying, oh, okay, Omega versus Okada at Wrestle Kingdom... Or the list Chris Jericho. No. No, because that's not fair at all. You're taking by far Kenny Omega's greatest achievement. Yeah. And Jericho in his way latter days still putting asses in seats at WrestleMania. But look at the careers. As much of a fan of Kenny Omega as I am and as much praise as I have heaped upon him on this very program especially in 2017, there is no comparing the careers of these two individuals. Right. I mean, Chris Jericho, Chris Jericho was literally holding championships when Kenny Omega was a young child. When he was a young buck. Yeah, precisely. And furthermore, Chris Jericho we should, none of us that are true wrestling fans ever forget that he was the first undisputed world champion. Beat The Rock and Steve Austin, like, in the same night. I mean, we're talking about the era in which Vince McMahon defeats WCW and ECW. He has all the world championships under his jurisdiction, and he has the two hottest stars in the business at that very moment in Austin and Rock. And he puts Jericho over both of them and puts both of those belts in his hands. I don't know if Omega will ever touch that. And he certainly hasn't yet. And that's coming from a huge Kenny Omega fan. But we are really, we are truly talking about apples and oranges here. We're, we're I mean, this, God, that's like comparing... Smoky Mountain Wrestling era Chris Jericho and saying, oh man, he's, he's probably better than Ric Flair. Probably better than 80s Ric Flair. He was, though, at the time. 
Well, maybe in his mind, <laughs> maybe and, in and, his and, mind only, much like Omega is better than Jericho in his mind only right. as a career, no, no, I, as I, a career, and at this juncture, I completely. If that's what we're talking about. Then that's what we need to talk about. I completely agree, and also it's it's totally opinion. Everyone's going to have that you know, too. Right to their own that opinion, too. and uh, so so that's that. Uh, but anyway, uh, apparently more words are being exchanged between the two people, which is just sad. Because it's like, what's this about? Like, why? I mean, I, I don't know. It's it's kind of pointless for me. There's, there's a lot of Twitter wars, you know, quote-unquote Twitter wars that go on for no reason. People just kind of get into shouting matches. And, and pointless is a great way to put it, too. Yeah. Because also, why don't we just celebrate both these dudes? Oh, yeah, yeah. Why don't we no, just celebrate? Wrestlers are like <laughs> Highlanders. There can be only one. Yeah. Um, uh, you're right about so that. So that, that, that's kind of that thing. So who knows? Uh, Kenny Omega, I'm sure one day will transition into WWE. And who knows who he'll beat for whatever uh, Universal Nebula, Horsehead Nebula Championship uh, that exists by that time. I may have to bring Squidgar out of the mothballs. Oh, Squidgar reference. Very nice. Um, and speaking of people who can't seem to do well with the transition, uh, Jeff Jarrett. Jeff Jarrett and Anthem and Global Force Wrestling and TNA and Impact Wrestling and whatever you want to call it. That fucking owl. Man, what a mess. It is official now. Anthem no longer in business with Impact Wrestling slash Global Force Wrestling. Well, I think they are. They are. They are Impact. I think Anthem is still Impact. But Anthem slash Impact is no longer in business with Global Force Entertainment, okay. which is the parent company of Global Force Wrestling. Right, which they, they said we're changing the whole thing to Global Force Wrestling. And they did. And now it's like, this is Impact Wrestling. So that, that that's new. Uh, TNA is known for changing their name, but now they'll be known for changing their name and they're changing it back to a, 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 a former name. Very interesting stuff. We we mentioned on the show before how Jeff Jarrett actually took a uh, leave of absence uh, for for a while, uh, took a little hiatus from wrestling. We thought, okay, he'll be back. Uh, not so much. Uh, uh, latest updates on Jeff Jarrett is that he has actually checked into rehab, but not just rehab, not just rehab. No WWE sponsored rehab. Who knew? I mean, I remember Vince McMahon telling us that he held everyone's career in the very palm of his hands. And then he decided to spell out J-E-double-F-J-A-double-R-E-double-T. And then I also, I think he added double letters while he was trying to spell out fired. And it was just like, fired. <laughs> we know Vince McMahon hates Jeff Jarrett. And that's a shoot. That's a total shoot. He's never been back. He's never looked back. And to Jarrett's credit, he's never come crawling back either. I just think what kind of karma is uh, Vincent Kennedy McMahon looking for in his old age? Uh, Obviously the good kind and lots and lots of it. If he's sponsoring Jeff Jarrett's alcohol and or drug rehabilitation stint, uh, one good for him. That's pretty incredible, pretty selfless. But what, really? Just being uh, the McMahon giveth. Uh, <laughs> yes, the the Saint McMahon giveth. Yes. Oh, 
so not Saint McMahon. No, there's, there's got to be a reason for it. And hopefully that reason is he just wants Jeff Jarrett to get clean. Uh, but there's probably more to it than that. It's pretty I just to don't... I, I, again, I, we talk bad about Vince McMahon on this show when it's time to talk bad about Vince McMahon. Yeah, the, but the we show's also, not completely about bashing McMahon. It's, no, it's just we, kind I was going like, to say, yeah. we don't shy away from praising McMahon yeah. when it's time to praise McMahon. Sure. So this is an, an instance to, to praise him for it because regardless of the reason, somebody's footing the bill for somebody to get healthy and possibly save their life. That in and of itself, regardless of the reason, is admirable. And uh, it, it's, it's worth talking about and it's worth... Uh, a pat on on the back for Vince. Uh, I just it's surprising. I also did was not. I to be perfectly honest, I was not completely up on the fact that Jarrett had some sort of a substance abuse problem. Right. Well, um, there was a report that he went to some some independent show and uh, got drunk and passed out backstage. Right, and then also almost that came and, out recently. Yeah, and yeah. then demanded to wrestle. And they and they told him not to, and then he just walked out. Oh, that I didn't. I didn't read. Yeah, that. it was it, it there, was pretty messy. There, there's a lot, and we're not here to bash Jared. I mean, I've I've never been a fan of Jeff Jarrett as a wrestler on the show. I know you're you've been a fan. On of On the other before. hand, I yeah, I'm right, a big fan. Right, right, and and in the Jeff Jarrett, the human. You know, I wish him well, obviously, and get better and all that stuff. And alcoholism's no joke. Uh, and and that's it. Jeff Jarrett right now, as far as we know, is in, in checked himself in rehab. It's where an alcoholic needs to be to get help. And obviously, admitting you have a problem is step one. So, Jeff Jarrett, congratulations on taking that first step. Absolutely. Uh, I'm a big fan of him as a performer. Um, I had never met him before until Dallas, uh, the day before WrestleMania in Dallas. He was uh, extremely polite and generous and humble, uh, generous with his time, uh, nice to talk to, cool guy. And like I said, I've been a fan of Jeff Jarrett. Literally every incarnation of Jeff Jarrett I've been a fan of. Followed his career very closely. But all of that aside, human to human, like you said. As a human being, wish the dude the best. Right. Get, if you've got a sickness, get some help. Right. Absolutely. Uh, not much of a transition here, but uh, speaking of steps, uh, as reported on the last uh, episode, Nia Jax took some steps uh, out the door at WWE. <laughs> I was wondering where you were going to go with that. Yeah, out the door at WWE. Uh, we said that she took a leave of absence. Uh, I mean, she never said anything. I don't I don't think there was anything spoken on the record by Nia Jax. Alexa Bliss alluded to, like, oh, she's tired. She'll be fine. But uh, come to find out in an article, uh, I believe it was an interview in Sports Illustrated, uh, or at least sportsillustrated.com or whatever, uh, Nia Jax reportedly left because she did not want to lose cleanly to Sasha Banks at TLC. Um, so she called up her cousin, The Rock, and said they want me to lose at TLC to Sasha Banks. I don't think I want to do that. And The Rock gave her advice and said, if you're not happy with that, just walk away. And she took the advice and she walked away, which is funny because we mentioned, I think you mentioned like, oh, I'll call my cousin The Rock and he'll take care of me. And well, that's because I, I knew you know, there there was something rotten in the state of Denmark. Yeah. I knew Nia wasn't going home because, oh, she's tired. Right. We're all tired. That entire roster is tired. Also, humans get tired. Right. But most humans stick it out. Most humans stick it out because they're mature. They're adults. They appreciate the opportunities that are given them. 
And when somebody receives uh, a fast track into uh, success in a global monster company, you don't normally uh, throw up your hands and, and, and complain. No. You know, and, you know, we were talking about, <laughs> you're looking for a transition earlier. How about, let's say, if Naya's uh, dissatisfaction uh, is the sickness, the the prescription I have for her is an attitude adjustment. Ooh. And uh, hey, hey. That's, that's what she needs. She needs an attitude adjustment. She just needs, and maybe she'll get one. You know, maybe she'll come to the conclusion on her own that, wow, I really have sort of been handed everything on a silver platter. Maybe I should wait. Maybe I should be a little more patient, and then I will get that belt. Showing your ass and walking out, not a good idea. Right. She forgets the, the times where she was, you know, being put over. You know, they brought an enhancement talent just to lose to Nia Jax, you know, booking her the same way they were booking Strowman for a little while. And, like, her winning, like, like almost winning gauntlet matches, which means burying, you know, five or six other uh, female wrestlers. Um, and just, she's been a, a, a force, and you feel like it's only a matter of time before she wins a women's championship. And she's been there for, what, a year? Yeah. So she can't complain about, I'm not champion yet, what's going on? Um, and we, we do admit that raw booking does seem a little hokey uh, when it comes to the women's title especially. But now Charlotte's gone, Naya. That's half the battle. Like Now is your time. Now is your time. Um, <laughs> but anyway, uh, so Nia Jax left because she was unhappy. And like we mentioned on the last episode, everyone's unhappy. But, you know, if you're in WWE, that's the top of the, the top of the mountain. There's nowhere to go but down, unfortunately. Just as far as, like, you know, making money and, you know, being on a global program, you know, and that's the way it is. Um, so if you're not happy, just, you know, stick with it and grit your teeth and bear it, and eventually you'll be rewarded for it. Emma was on the fucking pay-per-view. You think Emma thought she'd have a fucking singles match on a pay-per-view <laughs> just out of nowhere? So, I don't know, just, you just got to do it. Obviously, you know, Darren and I... We're able to say this because we're not in the situation. We're not on the road with WWE. We're not part of the roster. And like you know, oh, those guys are bullshit. They need to wrestle and shut up. But obviously, if you're in the situation, you're gonna react differently. So easy for us to say, but you know, third party perspective says uh, get over it. Go go do your job. Right. Yeah. Okay. I agree. Also, I completely also, agree. Naya, you know, you're you're great at what you do. Uh, you're not. You're not Sasha Banks. You no. can't do what Sasha does. You can't do what Charlotte does. You can't do what Bailey does. You can't do it. You can't do it. Alexa does. You can't do what Becky does. You can't do what Naomi does. You, you can't do what Natalia does. You can't do what Oscar does. <laughs> you can't do what you Carmella can't does. Do what Carmella or Emma do. You can't do what Sue Young does. You can't do what Mickey James does. It, oh, it goes on and on. You see what I'm saying here? Get better. Get better. So Nia Jax, uh, not on raw television uh, for a good long while. Uh, for how long? It's 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 unknown. But uh, there is another uh, adversary that's kept a couple of people off of Raw as of late. Now we mentioned in the last episode, uh, JoJo, the ring announcer, Bray Wyatt himself, and uh, Bo Dallas, uh, all mysteriously missing from television lately uh, because there was uh, viral meningitis. 
Uh, That's what the word was. That was the word. Uh, come to find out now, more information's come out about this. It's actually feared to be the mumps. So, uh, apparently the thing with the mumps is they do your blood work, they do your tests, and you don't show either positive or negative for a good amount of time. About I think about 10 to 14 days is when it shows up in your blood work. So, if you get tested for mumps, you have to be like quarantined. You have to be away. And they don't want you hanging out and wrestling and sweating on people and touching everybody. Um, and filling not. their mouths full of mumps. Right, right, right. You come lick my mumps. Um, <laughs> they really... They, it's they, like Raisin Bran. Two scoops! Oh, oh God, Jesus Two Christ. scoops of mumps. Two scoops of mumps. Um, anyways... <laughs> what is a mump? I don't, I don't, I don't want to know. I don't ever want to know. I didn't think I ever would because I didn't think that I lived in the 1930s. Right, but... let's say I only know the mumps because of like Oregon Trail. <laughs> like... Like someone would always get the mumps. The fun thing about Oregon Trail, though, if you if you play a lot, you basically you name your family after the sicknesses that usually kill them. So it's like cholera has the mumps, or like uh, broken leg has a has a broken leg. Like, oh, oh man, God. that's good times. Anyway, um, <laughs> you just spend all your money on bullets, and that's, that's all you need to do. I haven't played Oregon Trail a lot since the second grade. I played it within the last year. But anyway, um, so the mumps are the mumps are wreaking havoc with uh, the raw locker room, unfortunately, and that includes uh, messing up some of the booking. Uh, so TLC, as Darren mentioned earlier in the episode, uh, a little wonky because Roman Reigns uh, has been tested for mumps, so he is off television for a while, which really screws up this big Shield reunion they had planned. Uh, so Roman Reigns steps away, and who takes his place, Darren? Uh, the the most likely candidate. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Kurt Angle. Kurt Angle, who has not wrestled for WWE in over a decade. And according to Booker T, Kurt Angle has not stepped foot in a wrestling ring in 11 years. <laughs> Despite Booker, the fact that they wrestled but say, each other. Booker T, you know for a fact. In just a few years ago. If, if it's long enough, 11 years is a good default setting for like, oh, oh man, I ain't been, been 40 years old in 11 years, man. Oh man, I was a baby, that was 11 years ago. You know, like he, <laughs> he oh, that, that's a book for it. He's taken one too many missile drop kicks to the face. Um, but anyway, so Kurt Angle returns. And by the way, there is no television buildup for this at all. Nope. This huge return. That they could have saved, they were probably saving for something way down the line, probably WrestleMania even. Absolutely. And, and by the way, there could have been plenty of people to fill in this gap. I don't know why they went, good angle! Well, the word is that they're very well aware there was no television buildup for this. They know they have a huge internet audience, both even with just regular fans who do visit WWE.com and do follow the social media outlets. But then, of course, they know there is this huge IWC, Internet Wrestling Community, who's going to keep track of everybody's every move. But despite all of that, and even though those would be great sources of information, that they would inevitably find out these things, or WWE could, you know, send it out through those channels. Instead, they apparently, from what I hear, the, all these current and former WWE employees, they went with the old go-to, which is that Vince wants to, if he ever has to replace something, he wants something that's actually, in his mind, of greater value. He doesn't want equal or lesser. Can't he go wants, back. 
greater. Here, here, here comes Zack Ryder to fill in for Roman Reigns. Well, I, you know, first thing I always think about is when Savio Vega... Oh, yeah, to like, play Shawn Michaels. I was like, that is not a good example. Was that Vince, No Way Out of Texas? Yes, it was. Nice. And it's like, that... Is uh that that means no? Vince McMahon has not always felt that way. We well, gotta remember, Savio Vega was better than Steve Austin uh, before I, when they feuded. When they feuded long ago, well, Savio Vega was put over on Austin. Well, all I know about that feud, and this is all I know, mind you, about that feud is Steve Austin. Be prepared. <laughs> yes, there is no D on that. Be prepared. Be prepared. Hashtag Steve Austin. Be prepared. <laughs> uh, and Savio Vega had no business replacing Shawn Michaels. It's just as good. Uh, it's not. But um, <laughs> Kurt Angle, Kurt Angle returning to the ring is like a hundred times better than Roman Reigns. Absolutely. If if I were a fan who bought a ticket and is like, oh, I'm not a huge fan of Roman Reigns, returning Kurt Angle. Jesus Christ, that's that's amazing. That's like a joke. Like uh, who replaced him? Kurt Angle did. Right. Yeah, that, that's that's very funny. So also another replacement on the show. We mentioned Bray Wyatt unable to attend. I don't know why they kept pushing it even at the Raw following. That's you know, what following I want. The know. Go Home show. Yeah. And to the pay per view, they were like, "We'll just figure it out during the week." With Bray, I don't know what we're doing. Because um, he'll probably get over. Uh, viral meningitis and or the mumps in three days. Right. He'll be fine. No, no, he won't. So yeah, so Bray, no show at TLC, uh, is replaced by a raw favorite, SmackDown Live's AJ Styles. Uh, so SmackDown Live's AJ Styles shows up. Inexplicably. Inexplicably. And they keep it that way. Right. Well, I mean, but they're, but they're talking, I mean... There's, of course, the kickoff show that we always talk about, which actually was pretty informative when you think about it, because it's talking about how, oh, by the way, Kurt Angle's here replacing Roman Reigns. Oh, by the way, Bray Wyatt's not here. Instead, you get uh, AJ Styles. So you get Finn Balor, AJ Styles, for the first time ever, by the way. Um, so that, that is a very interesting thing. Two former leaders of the Bullet Club. Right, which we'll talk about later on when we get into our head-to-head. Head-to-head. I love these substitutions. They've led to some really great matches. You know, no offense to Bray Wyatt. Some offense to Roman Reigns. Um, but, I mean, it, it fucked everything up. I mean, people were joking online like, man, the Mumps are the best booking Raw has ever had or something like that or, you know, some shitty stuff like that, which it, it's only cool because you see shit like, oh, well, because Bray Wyatt's a no-show, we get to see Finn Balor and AJ Styles wrestle. Like, then, yay mumps, you know what I mean? I do know what you mean, and we'll talk about it more when we get into this pay-per-view. But this pay-per-view was total throwback in my mind. Not just because Kurt Angle was returning to the ring. And Kane. Not just because <laughs> Kane. Those reasons help. Right, right. But even outside of that, the, the oddball booking, then the actual, like, strategic planning right. that was occurring throughout the show, I was like, this is some straight-up Attitude Era stuff. Absolutely. I felt like, you remember when uh, Mick Foley, the one time he shaved completely clean mm-hmm. under the Mankind mask, and he came out in almost like a tuxedo, and he was going to be the corporate champ. Right. And like that stretch there where Austin was feuding with uh, Mankind when he was still Boiler Room Mankind, but was trending toward uh, button-down and tie Mankind. Right. 
That's what this whole show felt like. It it did have uh, the Attitude Era essence. TLC pay-per-view this past weekend, absolutely. It, it, it really did. Um, my, uh, again, it's funny to think about, like, okay, I watched Raw. I can't wait for the pay-per-view. I'm going to drive to Minneapolis. I can't wait. Okay, I got my ticket. Here's my ticket. I'm in. I'm at some merch. I'll buy some merch. Buy some nachos. Get a drink. Find my seat. Okay, here we go. What the fuck is AJ Styles doing here? Right. What the fuck is... I don't follow WWE.com on Facebook. I don't know what's going on. What the fuck is Kurt Angle doing wrestling? Like, it would be the biggest surprise if you, if you did not follow WWE on social media. And obviously you couldn't watch Kickoff Show because you're there. So it would be kind of like, the fuck? But it would be a happy surprise. In fact, it would have been a happy surprise for everybody if they kept at least one. At least one of those people whether it be AJ Styles or Kurt Angle, a secret. Oh, yeah. Keep it a mystery. If you didn't know Kurt Angle was coming out to help The Shield, what a big fucking pop you would get because you would hear his music and you think Kurt Angle's making his decision on who's going to replace Roman Reigns. Right. But he comes out wearing the Kurt Angle gear. I mean, he wore he wore the Shield gear for the Shield match. Right. But still. No, I know exactly what you're saying. You'd hear the music hit. Yeah, yeah. And without knowing he was returning, you're thinking, oh, some GM action about to happen. He's going to come out in a t-shirt and a gray suit. Oh, wait. Is he wearing a singlet? Yeah. Is he even sweatier than normal? Is he, <laughs> is he about to enter himself into this match? Absolutely. Oh, my God. Or even just, you know, Finn, Finn Balor's in the ring waiting who will opponent be? And then, you know, AJ Styles' music hits, and it's like, blah! People who love, you know, AJ Styles, but, you know, they, they're at a Raw show. They know they're definitely not going to see AJ Styles, see AJ Styles. And, I don't know, you, you could have kept one a secret. I completely agree. That would have been nice for people, you know, who just knew too much, I guess, going into it. Because um, you just you just had a lot of leeway there to, to do like a mystery thing and and like we said before on the show a surprise is always nice right something that we don't see coming they are the absolute best they are the best that's what's best part about undisputed era and mm-hmm. NXT that's what's exciting to me about the idea if Neville has left where is he gonna pop up and when you know the surprises don't ruin them yeah they are they are the backbone of pro wrestling. Uh, like bear traps. A way to really ensnare someone and keep them there. I agree completely. Now, we've talked a lot about TLC. We might as well go ahead and talk about TLC. Darren and I, we had a difference in opinions, as we commonly do. Uh, Darren and I went head to head. Head to head. The WWE brought you TLC this past weekend. Through their flagship brand, Monday Night Raw. On Sunday, the 22nd of October, 2017, from Minneapolis, Minnesota, we had tables, ladders, and chairs on a network special. Yes, not a pay-per-view. No, a network special. You're doing very well with this old, don't say, PPV. You can teach an old dog new tricks. You can. You can. And nobody likes to turn tricks like I do. Well... You heard it here, folks. <laughs> the TLC, much like any other pay-per-view, has a kickoff show. Network special, please. Uh, I did it immediately, didn't I? Wow, sorry. Um, I have to balance the scales. We're very fair and balanced here. <laughs> well, I am a Libra. Uh, well, I don't know what that means. I'm a set of scales, dude. Oh, oh, there you go. I'd forgotten. 
Aquarius is the you're, water bearer. Yeah, but you're not Aquarius. You're a Taurus. I know what I'm saying. Aquarius <clears throat> is the water bearer. Anyway, um, wonder what a pallbearer is. <laughs> uh, Aren't you a Taurus? I'm a Taurus. Correct. Well done. Um, so yes, kickoff show. Kickoff show. So so what would have been Nia Jax versus Sasha Banks? I guess. Uh, ended up being uh, Sasha Banks versus Alicia Fox. Well, that's good for Alicia Fox. She's better than Nia Jax anyway. Oh, woo! I agree with that, but woo! And even before we knew the details of Nia Jax that we spoke of earlier in this show, last week we were already talking about the fact that Nia should take a page out of Alicia Fox's book, roll with the punches, be a company person. You are on top of the wrestling industry by being under a contract with the WWE, period. Absolutely. Doesn't mean you can't have some opinions yeah. about how you're being misused. This show wouldn't exist if we, who are not under contract at all, have no real vested interest in. other than as fans. We have different opinions, very strong ones all the time. There's nothing wrong with being unhappy. But going back to what you said... Everybody's unhappy. Mm-hmm. Be happy with what you do have. Right. You don't look at the things you have. You look at the things that you don't have. And that's wrong. And that's wrong. It is wrong. Um, <laughs> Alicia Fox knows what side her bread is buttered on. Absolutely. And Alicia Fox does lose the match. Uh, but it is... She's uh, too busy buttering bread. Too busy buttering that bread. Um... So yeah, Sasha Banks still gets a victory at TLC, uh, but I mean Alicia Fox controls most of the match, but ultimately she does succumb uh, to the bank statement. So right off the bat, you're winning and I'm losing the head to head. Head to head. Oh yeah, because I went with Alicia and you went Sasha. Sasha's their baby. I know, but I thought that I don't know. Okay. <laughs> I guess I wanted too much. I I was so, being so supportive last week of Alicia Fox the way we are being this week. And I wanted, I just wanted her to win. Okay, fair enough. Didn't, didn't well, what's funny about this is we mentioned the fact that there are three women's matches, um, and there are two cruiserweight matches. So four out of what at the time was the seven matches were actually, you know, more of the exhibitiony stuff that you see, and then like the the big guys, you know, the main roster. Uh, they're the last three matches, but it's funny because they all like. They, sh- they shoot them out quickly, like bang, 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 bang. Because we go from a kickoff women's match into the opening women's match, uh, which is Emma in the debuting Asuka, uh, which is very cool, obviously, to see Asuka debut. She had a really good uh, welcome reception from the fans uh, in Minneapolis, which is very cool. I was kind of wondering about that. I was like, I don't know how she's going to go over. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, they were into it, man. And again, I hate this because I like that Emma's being used. But at the same time, she is being used, literally, right? Uh, just to kind of push uh, Asuka forward. And this match is exactly what I said it should not be. Oh, yeah. It's Dolph Ziggler versus Shinsuke Nakamura all over again. It's the need for someone to be dominant, and they're not. Right. Emma gets dominated by any women's wrestler. She fights on Raw every week. But now we decide that Emma should hold her own against this, this like we said, Hurricane Asuka all of a sudden, Emma's like almost beating Oscar points, and yeah, it just it didn't need to go down that yeah, way. No, it didn't. In the, this match, in a vacuum, I'll take it like it is, because it is a good match. Yeah, absolutely. And these women should be evenly matched. Right. 
but it's not in a vacuum. Mm-hmm. This is Asuka's main roster debut. Right. She's been booked as a killer. She's been booked as undefeatable. Uh, except for Emma on this night. Right. I mean, not that Emma wins, but still. Right. No, Asuka does win. Uh, of course, she puts on that Asuka lock. There's nowhere for Emma to go. She taps out to it. So she does. She does win. She is victorious in her debut. But she doesn't look great. And I know a lot of fans on like social media, usually it's Facebook. You get the assholes on Facebook who don't know any better. They were like, yeah, and I wasn't really impressed by that match. Like, you know, the you, <laughs> you see a headline, you know, on like a, a, a WrestleZone article or like a WWE article. And like you see like the three top use emoticons. And like you see the like. <laughs> and you see the fucking laughing face. And then you see like the, the mean face. If it's Jinder Mahal, you see the mean face. If it's someone who, like, if it's like Shinsuke or like Asuka, you see the laughing face. Um, it's just funny. It's like, God damn it, laughing face. Like, shut up, people. You don't understand this. Uh, but no, Asuka needed to just come in, dominate Emma. Should have been done in about five minutes tops. And then uh, walk away and you, you go, shit, Asuka's here. But Asuka's just here. And uh, they had a rematch on Raw and Asuka went over again. But still, the damage has been done. Asuka's, uh, <laughs> Asuka's uh, introduction to the WWE audience, uh, not as strong as it should be. Um, that being said, we move on to some men's action, some cruiserweight action, some thin men. Some men who weigh <laughs> two or five or less. But not thin mints. No, no, no thin mints. Because if they were, I would be spending all of my money on them. Right. No no Samoans either. Uh, no Samoas. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Wow. Um, <laughs> but, but a couple of hi-hos. Uh, I don't know what that is. Anyway, um, is hi-ho a cookie? The, I think so. The Brian Kendrick, along with the heel Jack Gallagher, take on Rich Swan and Cedric Alexander. Yeah, I hate to, first of all, the, the first thing I say about this match to be negative. And I hate that it's negative because really it's it's negative because I'm pointing out a positive. That, <laughs> all right, it doesn't make any sense, right? Okay. No, it doesn't. Can, can, yes. can, can I guess what you're about to yeah, say? Okay. You're going to say this is a great match because Cruiserweights will always put on a great match. So you're 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 watching the same match over and over again. It doesn't it no, doesn't matter, no 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 no. That that's that. Cruiserweights are like the Morgan Freeman of the wrestling world. Okay, they consistently do a good job so much that you kind of forget how good of a job they're doing. Hmm. That, 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 that's that's my that's my gripe with the cruiserweights. Okay. And, and with the academy for not recognizing the genius that Morgan Freeman still is. Well, you know, you know what they say. No, please tell us what they say, Darren. No, that's all right. Uh, okay. I'll leave that one. I'll leave that one alone. I'll leave Hollywood alone for once. Okay. okay. I'll leave Hollywood alone for once. Um, no, what I was going to say was the positive that is Rich Swan and Cedric Alexander looking really amazing as a tag team. They even coordinated their gear. Those kind of black and green with a tad of silver. They looked so good in their matching outfits and they operate so well as a tag team that as positive as that is, I'm going to shine a negative light on it because don't make them a tag team. Don't do that. Only if you have tag team belts. Right. right. Will it be okay? And I not only will accept, but will actually support 
a Cedric Alexander Rich Swan tag team. But until that time comes, don't do that to them. No, I understand. I mean, and I'm a huge fan of Rich Swan. I like Cedric Alexander. He's he's excellent, but Rich is just that much better to me. Right. I'm a huge fan. Don't stick him in a tag team that uh, there's no prize. So why would you ever form a tag team? Right. The only match that really matters, quote-unquote, is going to be your title match, your Cruiserweight title right. match. It is the only championship belt on the entire show, 205 Live. You know, NXT, they're an hour long. They have three belts. 205 Live is an hour long. They have one belt, which means every match that's not a title match doesn't really matter. So, let's get more people involved. Let's bring in those six-man tag belts that we talked okay, about. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You're absolutely. taking the words right out of my mouth. That's what I... It, they got to do it. They don't have a six-person tag division. Mm-hmm. They've never had one. They're kind of hot right now, and it would differentiate. It wouldn't be like, yes, Raw, SmackDown, NXT. Right. No, 205 Live would be the only one with a six-man tag, and it would be great because you that would mean every single week on 205 Live – you get to see a six-man tag match between six cruiserweights, and you know that it's working towards something. Right. That it actually matters. Right. And so just, oh, man, it's like, we'll get, we're honing our crafts. Especially now they're starting to get a little faction-y, now that like Enzo's right. involved. So I think it's, it's a really good time to use it. Also, I think I mentioned it before in an episode, or maybe I mentioned it to you privately. I don't, I don't know the real world from our... Our podcast world anymore. Um, uh, Survivor Series. Who does? Why not do a Survivor Series team of 205 Live guys against NXT guys? Oh, well, that absolutely has to happen. Yeah. But uh, it's not going to. Oh, okay. Uh, but at the very, very least, I do hope we get to see a traditional Survivor Series match with the 205 guys at Survivor Series this year. And I think we will, now that Enzo has his own little faction. Pre-show fodder. Oh, no! And that, that's fine by yeah. me, actually. As long as it actually happens. Uh, I want to see these 205 Live guys and NXT guys touch each other in a wrestling ring, in a wrestling, <laughs> in a wrestling capacity, like we would commonly see at a house show. You would see, you know, oh, Noam Dar shows up, Cedric Alexander shows up, Rich Swan. Was on every fucking show before. Yeah, he was. I mean, Jesus. We saw Rich Swan all the time in uh, the Armory, Jacksonville, Florida. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so, I mean, this match is great because because uh, all Cruiserweight matches are the very least good. They're all Morgan Freeman, right? Yes. Is that what you said? Yes. Thank you, Darren. So it's a great match. Um, everyone got their shit in, as we have we say. Everyone got to do their moves and, and shine. Uh, Cedric Alexander hits the Lombard Check. Uh, which is basically a uh, code breaker. Yep. Um, uh, high speed code breaker. High speed code breaker, and it gets the pin on uh, the Brian Kendrick and uh, your winners, uh, Rich Swan and Cedric Alexander. And by the way, I said uh, I said that the we should give it to the give it to the the good guys, right? And you said that as well. Yes, sir. Yeah, yeah. By the way, we both said Oscar would win and, and knew she had to win. We didn't really say that we said that she would win, but that was kind of a no brainer anyway. So uh, so far, I am undefeated. All right, I got three in a row. You, uh, two and one, correct? Two and one. Two and one. So we have more women wrestling, because, again, they want to go ahead and get rid of all these women and cruiserweights, I guess. 
Uh, Mickey James takes on Alexa Bliss, who uh, currently is the Raw Women's Champion, or she is anyway, in this night. And uh, this match is great. This is probably the best wrestling, like, hold-for-hold match um, uh, Alexa Bliss has had that, that, I, that I'm aware of. I mean, this match is really, really good. Well, Alexa's good on her own. You put her in there with a ring veteran like Mickey James, who still has it. I mean, you know, beyond just you still got it. It's like, yeah, and never lost it and could have been doing it all the time. You know, don't call it a comeback. Right. You know, Mickey James has got it and she never lost it. So, yeah, uh, them finding each other, very, very good booking. Yeah. Excellent. And it turns out excellent. Oh, yeah. It is a really, really good match. And Mickey James dominates Alexa Bliss uh, throughout the match. Eventually, Alexa Bliss is in just the corner turnbuckles, sitting down. And she's like, no, no more. No more, Mickey James, please. And then she grabs Mickey James and forces her into the turnbuckles, which dazes Mickey James long enough for Alexa to hit that vicious DDT and get the pin and get the win on Mickey James. But a super good match. Mickey James had kind of, sort of a farewell in the ring afterward. It was, uh, a little, it was a little weird. It was a little weird. I hope it was not a farewell. Oh, God, no. I hope it wasn't a farewell. It's like, well, Asuka's here. Time for you to go, Mickey James. Yeah. Uh, that, I hope that wasn't the case at all because Mickey James is a really, really great wrestler and she can get a good match on anyone. Yeah. I mean, but she really can't. You're right. Having her, she, I think she was on the pre show twice. Then she gets an in ring interview at the end and it's kind of cryptic. And she kept mentioning her kids and bedtime and this and that. Then in the ring, she's acting like she's a little emotional. But they don't spell it out for us. No, they really don't. So I don't know what to think. I don't hate that. I like a good mystery. But like any good mystery, I want it to be solved. Right. We need Scooby-Doo in the I... game. <laughs> well, you, you, all signs are pointed to Scooby-Doo reference. Yeah, man. Okay, yeah. Um, <laughs> so we'll find out what the future holds for Mickey James. We'll find out from Scooby and Shaggy. We'll find out from Scooby and Shaggy and the gang, uh, what the, the future holds for Mickey James. Um, uh, but the Cruiserweight title was on the line as well. Enzo Amore is out for blood and that Cruiserweight title as he takes on Kalisto, uh, who won the belt from Enzo Amore in rather, uh, quick fashion. So this match is actually really good. I think the same effect that Mickey James has on Alexa Bliss, where it kind of like forces her to have a really good match. Not saying Alexa Bliss can't have a good match, um, but I mean some people some people can jive well and some people don't jive well. I don't think Alexa Bliss and Bailey jive well at all. Um, their matches were a little awkward and wonky. Uh, but this right here, Callisto really pulls an excellent match out of Enzo Amore, uh, something you don't get from a Neville match. But then again, that could have been just bad booking. Um, the way the it was kind of a squash in that case, but no, and I'm not a huge fan of Callisto, and I've said that before. But man, he he gets a really good match out of Enzo Amore. It makes Enzo like a million bucks. So Callisto's worth that money, Vince. Keep paying Callisto. Keep paying Baby Ray. <laughs> yes, Baby Ray. I want my Baby Ray, Baby Ray, Baby Ray. <laughs> uh, but uh, Enzo Amore uh, during the match, uh, thumb to the eye. On Callisto, and uh, Enzo rolls up Callisto for the win. Gets his belt back, because like I said, Enzo needs that belt back if he's going to be the character that he is, the heel that he is, 
um, on 205 Live. He needs to have all the cards. And that belt, like we just said, is the only belt on the show. Therefore, it's the only card. All the cards. Uh, yeah, it's the ace. It's the ace. Oh, yes, it is. It is the ace. And now Enzo is the king of the cruiserweights. So the Kappa haters. Kappa haters are going to talk bad about Enzo. But he's a... Uh, He's number one on the block again. What can I say? And Enzo cuts that uh, promo in the ring before the match starts. And Enzo's, like, voice is gone. Because <laughs> <laughs> right. I was like, oh, God. Because he's doing his, like, my name is Enzo. I'm all right. Kappa haters. And like, you just hear it. Like, he just, it just sounds painful. Right. And it's like, please stop talking. Please stop talking. <laughs> so, of course, he cuts a promo. And I think Mustafa Ali tweeted, like, like, Enzo lost his voice. Like, miracles do happen or something like that. Um, take that, little so. Um, so, uh, Enzo's got the belt, and uh, I said Enzo would win. I said Enzo would win. Good, good. We both got that one right. Yay! I'm probably gonna always just pick Enzo anyway. I know, so. I know. You don't, you don't know no better. Uh, this next match is a wild card match because it is Finn Balor that we knew would uh, be showing up to TLC. He takes on AJ Styles, not Bray Wyatt at all. Of course, we originally picked the head-to-head. Head-to-head. Bray Wyatt, because he was debuting the Sister Abigail character. Um, but, of course, that goes out the window because it's not Bray Wyatt at all. It's now AJ Styles. This match is excellent. This match is excellent. Uh, again, no reason for it. No reason for AJ to be there. No reason given. I mean, we know that it's because there's a sickness. You know that, but it becomes even weirder because the next night AJ's there. But anyway, weirdness aside, as we said at the top of the show, seeing these two former leaders of the Bullet Club, seeing these two guys who have been famous, world famous, top of the mountain in multiple places in the U.S. and overseas, not controlled by WWE, now seeing them one-on-one in a WWE ring, in a WWE storyline. Uh, and they and they get their time. They get their time. I'm still 100% positive that this, this match would be better, even today, even at their age, in another organization. Oh, right. But totally. as good as it is, it leaves a touch to be desired because... We know what they could really do. We know it could have gone on for like half an hour. Yeah. To an hour. Um, Definitely. It could have reached a time limit um, that they used to reach all those years ago, back in the old days. Uh, The match is great. Um, AJ Styles hits a springboard Huracurana from the top rope on Balor, which looks awesome. I mean, there's there's plenty of great uh, moves, and everyone does their typical stuff with sling blades. The Pele kick, the back kick, I remember watching it. We're about a few minutes in, and I was like, it's the battle of the Pele kicks. So I was, I was happy that they both got to do their Pele kick. Um, so, Balor eventually rallies, though, and hits the coup de gras and gets the pin on AJ Styles. I figured, though, while watching the match, AJ Styles had to lose. Can't have Raw go over on SmackDown. Also, they're, they are still building Finn Balor. Like, I don't know, it's it's kind of it's on the DL, but they, they are building Finn Balor up. Uh, luckily, he's not fighting Brock Lesnar because people would just would just not take that at all. They would not take that well. Um, so, but a great match, really excellent match. It was a very, very, very good match and a very, very nice moment. 
a sweet moment at the end of the match. A too sweet moment <laughs> uh, where these two former Bullet Club leaders uh, shake hands and then give each other the too sweet hand gesture together. Uh, an image I'll not soon forget. Right. That, that was that was pretty awesome. And of course, social media, like, oh, they did that just to fuck with the Bullet Club because they can't do that. Uh, no, actually, someone said that uh, and they tagged AJ Styles they said like uh, like Vince McMahon flew AJ Styles like from Buenos Aires or wherever they were just to have him uh, too sweet uh, Finn Balor in the ring, um, and AJ Styles wrote this long response like you know I like how like people write on their like notepad on their phone and they just post a picture of all of that you know oh yeah uh, so it's a long response saying like no Vince McMahon didn't do that that was between me and Finn Balor. Uh, it was just two brothers who remember where they come from. And I was like, yeah, take that, obnoxious wrestling fan. Uh, so anyway, this match was, uh, I won't say it's perfect, but it's great. And it's uh, it, it delivered, that's for sure. After that was another wild card match because it was kind of out of the last minute. Throughout the show, we forget to mention Elias, um, formerly Elias Sampson, formerly, right. formerly the Drifter, um, is playing, <laughs> trying to play at the entryway. Of course, getting booed. Uh, Jason Jordan comes out and throws vegetables. He has, a, he has a, a little shopping cart and throws vegetables at Elias. That happens once. It happens again. Uh, three times a lady. And by a lady, I mean a wrestling match. They just go ahead and have a wrestling match between Jason Jordan and Elias. And uh, it's, it's an okay match. doesn't need to happen. But I guess they wanted to have a buffer between uh, that amazing Finn Balor-AJ Styles match and the main event. Which is supposed to be the most amazing part of the show. Uh, yeah, and then and that, that's always going to be their goal. Yeah, it was smart. Like, we'll give them this mediocre match, and then they'll forget how great that other match was, and then they'll be happy with all the meat, all the eye candy in this uh, in this main event here. But So yeah, they, they have a decent match, um, but Jason Jordan goes over on Elias, which is actually pretty surprising. Elias uh, having a bit of a win streak going on uh, Raw. Uh, they are building Elias up. I'm not sure for what, but they are building Elias up. Um, so that's that match. With that, we take you into the main event, uh, which is a clusterfuck because it's supposed mm-hmm. to be the return of the Shield in full. Instead, Roman Reigns nowhere to be found because of the illness. Uh, Kurt Angle steps in, um, so it, it is very odd. Also, the fact that it's it is Seth Rollins, Dean Ambrose, and Kurt Angle. They take on a team of five: The Miz. Sheamus, Cesaro, Kane, who just returned as well, and uh, Braun Strowman. So, yeah, Kurt Angle and Kane in the same match all of a sudden. That's yeah. pretty fucking awesome. Yeah, this yeah is... If you said that two weeks ago, like, oh, in two weeks you'll see this, it's like, fuck you. No, I won't. <laughs> of course not. Why would you? Why would anybody say that? Right. Well, I mean, I'm very mean, so that's why... I, I... Well, uh, well, excuse me. That's what you would say. I'm a bad person. <laughs> but uh, this is uh, this certainly is a long match. Uh, I think because I had Survivor Series in my brain, I, I thought that this was going to be elimination style. It wasn't. However, it is TLC style, which means tables, ladders, and chairs are legal. And not only are they legal, they are encouraged. Right, and uh, at least one match at TLC was TLC. Yeah, yeah, that's nice. That that's real nice. Uh, that's that's yeah. Um, <laughs> it's kind of like uh, what Extreme Rules. It's like, oh, this is extreme as it gets nowadays, huh? <laughs> so yeah, Angle comes out with the Shield in the audience, which is funny because they come out with the Shield music, 
which is basically Roman Reigns' music. But he's not there. Uh, but Kurt Angle's wearing the shield getup, and he looks kind of like their dad. Like, he just looks so happy to be there, what? and, like, nervous, oh, I know and out did. of place. It's so strange. He was way too happy. Yeah, he was way, way, too, way too... I was like, oh, no, don't. <laughs> it's like, we'll kick their butts, right, guys? It's like, dad! Come on, boys. Come on, boys, <laughs> we'll get them. Yeah. We'll give them a, the what's for. Shut up, Dad! You're not my dad. I am your dad. It's Jason true. Jordan. Jason Jordan comes out and goes, "Shut up, Dad! You're not my dad." I, for this angle, I am your dad. I, for this Kurt angle, for this Kurt angle, I am your father. Like it starts up with the shield circling the ring with the chairs, and they get in there, and it's a slugfest, uh, which ultimately becomes, uh, you know, Kane and Strowman laid out on tables while Ambrose and Rollins climb up ladders and dive off of them onto them. I think Ambrose comes down with a elbow. Rollins comes down with a splash. Highly entertaining. Highly. Highly, highly entertaining. Here's the problem. Huh? This is not a wrestling match. <laughs> Three on five is not a wrestling match. Kurt Angle making an out of nowhere addition to the returning shield that is automatically not the returning shield is not a wrestling match. Stunt casting Kane in a return only to go after Roman Reigns uh, out of revenge for his fallen brother from WrestleMania. Still being in the match and still caring. Uh, that makes no sense. All right. And even at a glance, like all of that is, you know, thinking a lot into it. But even at a glance, at no point does this feel like anything you would call a wrestling match. This is just a big pull apart brawl that doesn't get pulled apart. It is it is chaotic. Even if you even if you take angle out and put reins in, it's still kind of a what the hell's going on. Right, because it's just eight people fighting. It's right. like and, it's and, like a no it's like a it's almost like a false count anywhere Royal Rumble. Well what's worse is Reigns not being there doesn't only mean that like you don't see Reigns wrestle and now Kurt Angle has to replace him. Well, guess what? You just got rid of Strowman's reason for being in this match. You just got rid of Kane's reason for being in this match. So what do you do, WWE? Oh, you make Kane and, and Strowman decide to go after each other, which is what happens uh, throughout the match. Under the circumstances, that's not the worst case scenario. Like That's right. not the worst decision they could have made. But it's the fact that they were forced to make that decision. Yeah, absolutely. It's the fact that they were forced to book on the fly. It's, I say well done. I mean, I, I do. I, I do say well done on the Kane-Stroman thing. In a pinch, sure, absolutely. Right. The fact is, it sucks you were in the pinch. That's all I'm saying. I'm right. not even right. condemning. Right. It's just a bad situation. And I also want to go back for a second to what I said about taking a look at it and seeing... Eight people, those eight people, and in that configuration, with a returning angle and a returning cane and an absent Roman Reigns, I say that in the very best way possible, that it doesn't feel or look like a wrestling match. That is what adds to the beautiful chaos of this pay-per-view. Remember how we ran down the card last week when we did the initial head-to-head? Head-to-head. And we said this was one you were going to pull up on the network. 
five, six, seven, eight years from now, or pull the Blu-ray off of your shelf and go, what? What am I looking at? Right. This card, now, even more weirder, because it's got the return of Kurt Angle, the return of Kane, and, I mean, I keep seeing it. Every time I say it, every time the words come out of my mouth, I see in my mind's eye the snapshot that I took when you first saw the eight of them in and around the ring right. before the match started. And I and I knew then, before a single punch was thrown, I said, this is weird. It is. Not to mention the fact that all of a sudden Ambrose and Seth Rollins themselves are kind of looking different wearing the old shield gear because they haven't worn that in quite a long time. So if you just kind of had this match on without paying attention, it'd be like, what fucking year is this? Right! Right, because it's the old shield. Because it's them. It's the old shield. They're wearing the old stuff. But Kurt Angle is now part of the shield. <laughs> Kane is there. Okay, that was never a year. Where did Miz, Kurt Angle, Cesaro, and Sheamus are palling around? Who's this big, wrong Strowman guy? Yeah, why are why are Cesaro and Sheamus wearing camouflage kilts? Is that Booker T's voice in commentary? <laughs> <laughs> Um, <laughs> so, yeah, if you just threw this on, you wouldn't know what the, you'd, you'd think you went into a time warp, and you, you screwed up the future or the past, and everything got kind of mixed up together. Um, or else you're on drugs. Or else you, you are on and drugs. And they're those good good. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it's good. Angle gets in there, he gets his stuff in, man, he hits, uh, he hits Miz with three, uh, German suplexes, then he hits, uh, Cesaro with one, and Sheamus on one. Uh, about this time, Kane, who was on the outside, still out from uh, getting the elbow drop on him from Ambrose, he does the sit-up, which we miss. The camera doesn't get it, but you you see him sitting up, and you get the idea that he did do the sit-up. And the commentators do shit their pants when he does. Yeah, so which is awesome, because I, I didn't even think about that. It makes up for the fact that we missed it. Yeah, so so uh, Kane jumps in to confront Angle. Angle puts Kane in the ankle lock. Uh, but Strowman throws a- Angle out of the ring and power slams Angle through a table, uh, which puts Kurt Angle out for a while because uh, I guess the the, the physicians, uh, some of the WWE staff come out and they escort Angle to the back, which I hate because they do that a lot these days. It's it, too and it makes much. You, and you immediately think like, wow, they have no faith in this person being able to go on for more than five minutes. Right. It's a uh, dead giveaway. He's old and fragile. Let's get him out of here. There's no reason to do that. Have it be tag format and just have him sit on the outside. I agree. That's how classic tag team wrestling works. Well, so Angle is gone. Now it is officially two on five. <laughs> oh, and Strowman's man. a guy who was beating up three people at a time, you know, for a little while there. So really, it's it's two on 30 because Strowman's so big. It might as well be. It might as well be at this point. And, uh... The five of them, the Miz team, they just beat the shit out of Rollins and Ambrose for a long time. Uh, until eventually, they, uh, Miz summons a garbage truck, uh, which comes out. and uh, He trying, has the power to do that. He has the power way. to do that. They're, they're trying to get uh, Rollins and, and Ambrose into the garbage truck. They, they break out like, nah, man, we're not, we're not going in there, man. We're not, we're not going in there. And, you know, <laughs> it's basically, it's, that's kind of it. Uh, sometime before that, uh, there was a bit of a, a encounter between Strowman and Kane in the ring, where I think Strowman accidentally hits Kane with a chair. Uh, that, that's important to know because what comes up next is Kane decides to get revenge on Strowman at this point, um, and uh, <laughs> Kane choke slams Strowman off the uh, entry ramp. You know, 
down into the lower level, into the stage, they called it. It's all kind of the stage, but still. Um, so he goes crashing down, uh, you know, about five, six feet below, which, you know, commentary's freaking out about it. And uh, Kane's just kind of standing there looking victorious. And uh, Strowman, you see Strowman's hand come up and grab uh, Kane by the foot. It's like, no, oh, Strowman's still powerful. He's coming for you, Kane. So Kane looks up and notices what we noticed, which the decorations of the entryway, which are a bunch of hanging uh, folding chairs on a line, which I said, these can only be decorations in one place. <laughs> the WWE. Uh, I thought Kane was going to grab a chair off of it, but no. He yanks down on the lowest chair, and the like line of ten chairs all fall on top of Strowman. Eventually, though, Strowman does get resurrected. Uh, he comes after Kane, uh, but everyone, deciding that they've had enough of Strowman shit, they all beat up Strowman and throw him into the garbage truck. <laughs> and then they hit the button, which reminds me of Casey Jones at the end of uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, when, uh, you know, uh, Casey, Casey Jones basically kills the Shredder. Or at least you think he does. Oops! Exactly, correct. So Kane, Miz, and the bar, you know, Seamus and Cesaro, they bring Ambrose and Rollins back to the ring to finish the job, and they just beat the shit out of them some more. And the the shield doesn't look too good against uh, this this force of people. By the way, they they take a pretty big beating here. Angle returns. He actually angle slams Cesaro and Sheamus as uh, both Rollins and Ambrose spear Kane through the barrier, taking Kane out. Now it's basically just Kurt Angle and The Miz. And that's kind of a cool thing, too, is, is this is kind of smart booking. At least with Angle joining in, now it becomes Angle versus The Miz, which kind of exists on Raw anyway, just because The Miz has a problem with authority. It basically has a problem with everybody in general. It kind of comes down to just the two of them. And uh, The Miz hits Kurt Angle with the Skull Crusher finale. You think that's it. Angle actually kicks out at two. They fight a bit more. Rollins and Reigns jump in. Uh, the, the three of them beat up on Miz. Ultimately, Ambrose puts Dirty Deeds on uh, Angle. And then Angle Angle slams the Miz. And then all three of them, with Kurt Angle as Roman Reigns, uh, they do the triple power bomb to the Miz. And they pin the Miz. So... Uh, I still would have won, by the way, because the Shield won. Yeah, and I said the Shield would win, but this was a free bird. Uh, we don't, we don't, uh, we don't count this one. So at the end of our head-to-head, head-to-head, Darren, what are we? At the very end, with the correct picks, the incorrect picks, and the debacles, I finished four, one, and three. That's four wins. One incorrect pick or a loss, and three schmazes. And you know, not actual schmazes, but head to head. Head to head. Schmazes. Right, I gotcha, I gotcha. And about you me? have five wins, zero losses. Zero losses. And three. Three of these nil categories. That means for head to head. Head to head. I'm undefeated. That was it. I'm perfect. I'm now perfect in every way. That's it. Good night, folks. No, 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 no. Not, not yet. Not yet. Not yet. Uh, so that was it. Uh, if you, if you loved 
uh, TLC or you did not <laughs> love TLC. Uh, at least it was interesting, and you got something that, that you haven't seen in a good long while, that being Kurt Angle wrestling in a WWE ring, uh, even Kane being around uh, for his like 19th uh, return. He has a lot of returns, old Kane. Um, and the return of the Shield, sort of, again, not quite the entire Shield. They'll get it right eventually. Um, so I think it was interesting. Also, the AJ Styles Finn Balor match was really great. Um, so it was, a, it was a good show. I enjoyed it. Did you enjoy it, Darren? I did enjoy the show as a whole. TLC as a title, not so hot anymore. Probably need to do away with it. It's great for the main event. I like the premise. The premise just goes against too much of what they are these days. So yeah, abandon it. Right. No, I agree with that completely, especially if only one of your matches actually has the tables. Has exactly. the T's, the L's, and the C's. And you can no. obviously do that without naming the pay-per-view after it. Absolutely. No, I agree with you. But do you agree, listeners? Dear listeners, do you agree? You can let us know. And there are a lot of ways. Well, you can send us a tweet on Twitter at Refn Show Podcast, R-E-F-N-S-H-O-W-P-O-D-C-A-S-T. Find us on Facebook, like and share. Uh, also send us an email if you want to, if you have something long-winded you want to say. Uh, T-H-E-W-H-O-L-E-R-E-F-N-S-H-O-W at gmail.com or or find us on Instagram at The Whole Refn Show. T-H-E-W-H-O-L-E-R-E-F-N-S-H-O-W where all weekend long you're going to see crazy postings about best wrestling. But most of the rest of the time you'll see wrestling from all eras, all companies, from the top of the car to the bottom of the car, world champions to jobbers, tag teams, memorable moments, all on Instagram for you, dear listeners. Yes, yes, indeed. And for those of you folks coming out to our show at the Hippodrome on October 28th, we will see you there. And if not, stay tuned, folks. We'll have a special, hopefully... Uh, you know, barring any unforeseen technical glitches, as I've said to some people who've asked about this, we will have our whole ref and show live at the Hippodrome Fest special uh, on Sunday. So look out for that, uh, and you'll get to listen in on the panel with some really great people, including uh, Chuck Taylor, Effie, Matt Cross, Rich Bocchini, Max Gregg, and uh, maybe someone else. We'll see. And uh, that's it for myself, Perry Smith. I am Darren Beasley. We're going to say thank you once more for stopping in and seeing us here on the only wrestling podcast that calls it right down the middle, The Whole Reffin' Show. Bye-bye.